Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. I never thought this this question, how would one lose a tortoise? It's a good question. I mean, how did they not think that was going to get over? We love watching the fat man dance. Oh my fucking god, he's Kamehameha waving the bats. He's not doing a good job with pulling the pictures at the right time. Well, you're an idiot, dude. Shut the fuck up. Well then, in one, two, three. Greetings, guten tag, salutations, hello, or however else you might say hello, and welcome back to VFTR 2.0. I am Chad for the first time in a while. I know you've missed these dulcet tones talking about wrestling, but I am here coming to you from the cave. And I don't know if I'm putting this on video, so I'll probably stop doing arm motions here. But I am joined by my good buddy, the co-host with the mostest. We call him round here, Big Baby Daddy Diesel. Thank you, Dadalak. I am joining you, High Fires, from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. And I'm excited to talk about wrestling again because we haven't done this uh, show in about a month. And there has actually some things to talk about this week. So uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk about some full gear. Oh, yeah. Let's just jump right into our first segment, which is, of course, hashtag TRT, otherwise known as Top Rope Topics. And Diesel already let the snake out of the bag because, yes, the first thing we're talking about is AEW's full gear. And full disclosure right away, folks, I was in Jamaica last week, so I did not get a chance to watch full gear. So I read up about it, I read the results, and I watched a few videos. But really, this is Diesel's time to shine. And I'm gonna just chirp in when I have thoughts and maybe questions. So, Diesel, why don't you take it away for me, buddy? Okay, gladly. So, last week, I, after watching Dynamite, I was really contemplating, like, why... Should I even watch this pay-per-view? In my opinion, the card really wasn't up to snuff. Like, on paper. Like, with matches like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yes, they've been built. And that's one of my gripes for some of these matches. But I also feel like the the feud has kind of cooled off a little bit. And I don't know why it cooled off. But, like, these are my thoughts pre-pay-per-view and everything like that. In certain matches, like Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose, I feel like was overly booked, and it just had no interest. I feel like Jade Cargill has been just uh, a fish out of water since losing Smart Mark Sterling. I think her character, uh, and it's not her fault, it's just there's that extra element with having him with her. I think the baddies aren't doing her any favors. They're not doing the same thing that Smart Mark did for her. And they were going to pair with, uh, uh, I can't think of his name right Malcolm now. Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. 
Wait, isn't was that his, it's Stokely his Hathaway. name? Yeah, yeah. yeah Stokely I, Hathaway. I still think Malcolm Bivens is a way better name, though. Malcolm yeah, they're gonna prepare her. They're not, they didn't even really explain like why she's he's not with her anymore. Because that was the whole angle of getting rid of Smart Mark Sterling, which was just a weird angle because he he fell into some cake or something like that. And that was it. And they, they didn't even explain it away. Um, I don't know, like stuff like that. Uh, Soraya versus Britt Baker. Yeah, hooray for Soraya. I'm glad that she's wrestling again. My my issue is, why would you put her up against Britt Baker in your first match? The person that's held together your shitty, shitty, shitty women's division. And that's nothing on Britt Baker, but everything on Tony fucking Khan for not booking a women's division like they promised us they would. Sorry, I'm getting angry. But, like, then to have your, uh, your best, like, person that like during the pandemic that did like everything for you Britt baker never like lose to your new shiny toy from wwe and yes spoilers she did lose um it just i hate that it's reeks of wcw booking and lazy booking i know soraya was supposed to win like it didn't matter who she faced her return match she's supposed to win why well, put her up against Britt baker first match it's a dream match. Why don't we like work our way up to Britt Baker? Just saying. Uh, so like, I didn't have any interest in that match because I didn't want to see Britt Baker lose. Nothing against Soraya. Like she's fine. Like I'm not like the super biggest fan of Paige. I was, say, but like I, I've always been the person that Paige is fine. She was like good, and I think the reason that Paige is as big a star as she is is because she was just so different at the time. Like, she was, like, AJ Lee, besides her and AJ Lee, everyone else in the WWE at that time was a diva. Like, that's who they were. So when she came in, it was like a breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. But I I will say, the, one of the reasons that I did, didn't did even try and look go back to this card is because of the pre-build-up to Full Gear. I was not excited, really, for this show at all. So when I was like, oh, I'm going to be in Jamaica during it, I don't really care. So I'll go like match through match and like not really like go like spot for spot or anything like that, but like just give my general feelings on each match. So they started out with uh, Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in the cage match, which I thought was a very good opener. I liked the fact that uh, that this match actually had some story behind it because some of the other matches either lack story or the story that they were telling was like really messily put together like this one has a great story behind it former tag team partners former tag team champions and christian tran uh jungle boy luchasaurus going in like i mean it's a good story and like if this is the blow-off match between jungle boy and luchasaurus a cage match to keep Christian Cage out was perfect, even though he did steal the key from the referee, which was kind of hysterical because referee just had the lanyard hanging out of his pocket. So he just kind of walked up to him and went, yoink. Um, but, I don't know. I, I do find it interesting because I'm so conditioned, preconditioned to WWE cage matches that you escape the cage, you win. And AEW, that's not the case. It's more of a hell in a cell. Yeah. Like if you get out of the cage, that's that's cool, but you can only win by pinfall or submission in the cage. So like seeing a cage match and seeing them fight on the outside like that it was it's a little like 
it raises like the red flags in my brain like wait a minute but then you remember like oh yeah we're dealing with a whole different like rules but i mean i thought this match was really good and jungle boy got the win which he should have and like for an opener i thought this was a great opener it got the fans hyped like the first like i don't know like third of this show the fans were just on fire and i feel like they almost got burnt out for a little while and they picked it up towards the end but uh this match was great. I liked it. The next match was also a great match. And I knew, like, going into the match, Death Triangle versus the Elite, on paper, obviously, it was going to be a great match. My problem is that this match had no build to it at all. They had those vignettes for the Elite where they got, they snapped, like, in uh, Infinity War. And they just disintegrated from existence and all this. And... Then all of a sudden, Death Triangle wrestled the match on uh, Dynamite, and they're basically calling out you know who, and they won't even go by name. Then a graphic pops up on the screen, just Death Triangle, and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, the leader back, they disappear on the screen. Oh, we get this match at uh, full gear. Okay, great. I mean, I'm excited to see it in ring, but like, I'm. I'm a little more old school where I want you to like give me a reason to spend my money to see this match. I don't want to just see it just because, you know what I mean? It's not a house show, you know? Don't that. just put things together, you know? No, and especially because we all in the wrestling, all the wrestling fans, everyone, every AEW fan knows why the Elite were stripped of the belts, okay? On it was TV. Yeah. I haven't mentioned anything why. Not at all. So there's no story behind it. Exactly. So... If at least you would have told the story of, yeah, we were stripped of these belts unfairly. Like, we, yeah, we did something backstage, but that has nothing to do with the in-ring quality. You don't deserve to be champions because you never won the titles from us. Like, there was a simple, simple storyline to be told here. And instead, they're going with this best of seven series that I just, I don't like it. Or, I mean, all you really had to do... Like, I texted you this. To even, like, have some sort of build. This is like, we have beaten every trio in AEW, blah, 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 blah. We have an open challenge for anybody that wants to challenge us. And you could even, if you wanted to wait to have the league come out at full gear, that's fine. That's some sort of a build. And even if you, like, this show was super predictable. But that's not a bad thing, though. Like, predictability and good things, people don't get mad about. It's more the fact that, like, just didn't like the way they did it. This match was fire. This match, for a trios match, like, is one of the best trios matches you'll ever see. And, like, the six guys in this match, like, yes, like, take my money to see them wrestle, but I want more than just to see them wrestle, you know? I want story. It's a TV show. Like, that's why I tune in. That's why, I don't know. And so then, yeah, to your point with this uh, best of seven, my biggest gripe with AEW at this point in time is their repetitiveness. We, like as a fan base, have been so hard on WWE for just booking the same match over and over and over, 50-50 booking. And now AEW's fallen into this uh, pattern, but nobody wants to call them out on it. And every time that I've been on like Facebook and I call them out on it, oh, yeah, but we're getting good matches. It's like, no, 
I, I understand that, but I've seen every combination of Blackpool Combat Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society at least seven times. I don't want to see it anymore. Like, do something else with these two groups. Like, do something else. And so, with them doing a best of seven, yeah, all it's going to go seven because obviously, why wouldn't it? But, like, and all seven matches are probably going to be really good. But by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, now you're burnt out on this. You don't have any other trios in AEW. So you basically put all your eggs in one basket and the lead are going to win it at the end. And what are you going to do from there? Yeah. You know, it's just... Don't get me I don't wrong. Know, the elite are one of the greatest trios on the planet, if not the greatest trio on the planet. They have some amazing chemistry. Kenny and the Bucks. Like, there is a reason that they, you know stole the wrestling world and you know became this whole other thing but i don't need to see them versus death triangle a hundred times in a row like the only like the last best of seven series that worked was cesaro and sheamus and that didn't even work because we all got pissed like we hated it and then when it ended in a draw like we lost our minds yeah it led to the bar and that was awesome like the end result was cool but what are they going to do? Are we going to combine these? Uh, That's 30? what I was thinking that yeah. too. Are we going to have like uh, a 12 man tag team championship now? Yeah. Like, what is it? Is like, it going to be what's the, the death end elite? goal to this? Yeah. The elite triangle. And how are you, how are you building up any trios during this? Because no one else can challenge for the title during this best of seven. Cause it's just one long, like month and a half title match. It just, I just, I don't get it. I don't like it at all. And it sucks because, like, I'm complaining about seeing the Elite versus Death Triangle wrestle each other multiple times. And, like, it's, and, like, people are just so, like, we're very critical on WWE. And a lot of people are very critical on WWE. But these AEW fans that are just strictly AEW fans, like, cannot see the forest for the trees. And are just so blinded by like what they're doing is exactly what WWE was doing that you were pissed about. And it's just like, whatever, this match is great. I love the ending with uh Ray Phoenix finally using the ring bell hammer. Doesn't mean that he's healed, but like he was gonna be hit by the one winged angel. And as Don Callis said, that like every man in this business takes that move and takes their loss and moves on. And like, yeah. it was nice having Don Callis on commentary. God, I love then it. you have fucking JR on commentary who just like, mm. so he said, like, I swear to God, this, I don't know how he said it. If someone told him to say that, but whoever's idea for him to say, like after this match, well, these guys have a problem. They're going to have to take it back to the locker room and solve it behind closed doors. I'm like, did you just fucking say that about the elite? What just happened? Well, I just came like, if anyone told them to say that they should have their ass fired immediately. They don't care if it's Tony Khan. He's like, that's, that's dumb. And Jr. if he came up with that in his own brain, he needs to stop hitting the barbecue sauce and like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't know. When I heard him say that, I was like, are you serious? Like, that's not funny. Like, no. no. If I was watching, I'd be furious because, once again, they won't reference the fact that it actually happened on actual TV. So then to have JR make a snide joke about it, like to the ha-ha to us wrestling fans, no. We all know about it. It's not funny. Like, no. 
No, this this is such a bad mark on pro wrestling. This entire backstage feud with CM Punk and the Elite. Do you know how bad that makes pro wrestling fans look? Do you know how bad that makes the whole thing as a whole look? Like, yeah, they got wrestling got me tooed. Then then we were finally recovering from that. Like everyone was happy. Like the pro wrestling world was actually like being looked upon as not a carnival sideshow. And then you know what you do? You make it a fucking carnival sideshow again, and your top guys all get into a beef fight in the back with chairs being thrown. You turn it into Jerry Springer again, and now I don't even like telling people I'm a wrestling fan again. All right? I do anyways, because I don't give a fuck. But you know what I'm saying? No, I totally get you. And, like, I mean, also, the fuck CM Punk chance during this match was, like, I get it. I'm not happy with CM Punk. I'm not happy with how any of this turned out. But for you not to expect something like this, to, that this be the end game of whatever was going to happen with CM Punk, if you didn't expect this, like, you were sold a bill of false goods. Like, I knew this was going to happen eventually. It happened a little sooner than I thought it was going to happen. Lots but, like, I don't know. I don't think I would have been one of those people in that crowd chanting, fuck CM Punk when just a year ago I was one of the people in the crowd chanting for CM Punk when he made his first appearance on Dynamite like I just I I get that he's a shitty person to deal with backstage and that doesn't mean he's like a bad person it doesn't mean that he's even a jerk he's just hard he just gets along with people that he gets along with you know what I mean and he said some shitty things but at the same time I don't I don't want him to be done because I feel like he was just getting started again. You know what I mean? I feel like he's not done. I kind of feel like he's going to be back in AEW because if he wasn't going to be back in AEW, then why isn't he released yet? And the whole argument with thoughts, the knock and pee clause. It's like, honestly, I don't think that's really the biggest deal in the world. Like you let Cody Rhodes go. Okay, you let Cody Rhodes, his first appearance out of AEW was at WrestleMania. Like, who cares? And non-compete like, clauses are mostly a sham anyways. Like, there is not really much, like, any non-compete clause could be argued against by a good lawyer. So, if really you think a non-compete clause would keep CM Punk if he did go to the WWE again, and there are billions of dollars from competing, ha, 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 ha. They'll pay a fine. They don't give a fuck. Like, they have they have money to burn. Like, your non-compete clause means nothing. It really doesn't mean anything. I don't think... I think... I, don't, I do think that the WWE would respect the non-compete clause. But at the same time, I think that's just, like, a bullshit excuse why he hasn't been released yet. And they also just released new merch for him, which is kind of fishy. But, uh, I mean, people are still buying it. He's still the number two merch seller in AEW behind uh, the Scissor Me Daddy Ass shirts, but uh, <laughs> which I still don't understand how people are buying those and wearing those in public. Where are you wearing but, those shirts? That's what I want right? to know. Where are you wearing the Scissor Me Daddy Ass shirts? I, I as, as a just in public? Like, you don't get any questions? Hmm? Hmm? Anyway, so that's that was only match two. Cool. <laughs> okay. Match three, I fast-forwarded through. I did not care about Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose because, like I said, it was way overbooked. Apparently, this was Tony Schiavone's idea, and I said, Tony Schiavone, maybe stay behind the commentary desk. And because uh, this idea of 
stealing the title and the title is mine and blah, blah, blah. It's been done so many times. It's just, I don't like that Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero are together because both of them are two of the most annoying people in the world. Um, it's just, and I love Jade Cargill. It's just like I said, she's a fish out of water right now. With her 41 and 0, like winning streak, it's it's almost meaningless because they're not booking her like they were when she was like 20 and 0. And who's gonna beat her at this point? And at this point, technically, wouldn't the TNT Championship be stronger than the like I don't know who's gonna? Are they gonna have Britt Baker do it or something? Soraya? If they have Soraya do it, I'm gonna be pissed because like I, I mentioned before, that's just the new shiny toy from WWE. Oh like, man. That's exactly what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's exactly. I just I didn't think about it till right now. now that's exactly what's gonna happen. And then you know what they're gonna do with Jay Cargill? They're not gonna put her on TV anymore. Her winning streak's gonna be an afterthought, and then she'll end up on NXT one day or something. You know, like I don't know. I just I still stand by the fact that the TBS and the TNT Championship should not ever be on pay per view. They are a television championship. They don't belong on pay-per-view. It's it's just mind-boggling. I don't get it. You have four of these a year. You have a billion specials. Use the TBS and TNT championships to put over your television show. They don't need to be on the pay-per-view. And the next match was my match of the night. It was the Fatal 4-Way for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And coming in, like wasn't like yes once again great four guys to be in this match but at the same time it's like everything i said before about repetitiveness blackpool combat club versus jas and how even though it's a fatal four-way and it's not a tag team match it's just it's the same stuff over and over but to like counter that they actually had story going into this they had a reasoning why uh they had two from each like Chris Jericho like was trying to have Sammy Guevara there, so he lay down and take the pin and he retains the title and all this stuff. Like there was story behind it, and there was a reason why Claudio Castagnoli was in this match. There was a reason why Brian Danielson was in this match. And they made a good reason why Sammy Guevara was in this match. Like it made sense, and I feel like they delivered 100 percent I even loved the finish with the uh, what's Jericho's uh, back elbow? Yeah, Judas Effect, uh, name of the song, dummy. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, like it was awesome after the swing, and while Claudio was uh, had Sammy Guevara in the sharpshooter, and him coming in there and hitting one, and then Claudio like bouncing off the ropes and him and hit him again. Like, I liked that finish, but I did think for a minute that Sammy Guevara was the new Ring of Honor champion. I wouldn't have been mad about it. And I've been down on Sammy Guevara for a little while now. But, like, I don't know. The way this match went and the story between the dissension that could happen between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara would be kind of cool. But then also I'm thinking they just did that storyline with Daniel Garcia. And then I would be complaining about repetitiveness again. So, it's a good thing that Chris Jericho won. Even though... I don't think he should be the champion of Ring of Honor. No. And <laughs> once again, this isn't this is this is to you, AEW. You just AEW marks out there who just only are AEW fans. We all called for Claudio to come to AEW. What exactly have they done with Claudio? 
oh, they've, they've made him, oh, they made him Ring of Honor champion for one second. And then besides that, he's been there to eat pins. Eat pins. He's the one who lost this match. He loses. He's being treated the same, if not worse, than he was in WWE, in AEW. It's, it's painful to watch because I really love Claudio. I love Cesaro. I want him to do well. And I just, it makes me mad. I, I actually, I'm gonna, I watched this match. I, I, I lied to you. I watched this match this morning. This is the one match I watched because people said it was good. I, I don't know what to do with Claudio. I want him, I want him to go back to WWE. I want him to wa- write out this contract and see if Triple H will maybe give him something because clear, it's clear Tony Khan's not going to. I don't think that he was ever one of Triple H's favorites either. I think Paul Heyman liked uh, Claudio a lot. And Paul Heyman has some pull, but he doesn't have enough pull to get like a guy like him, especially with already having track record in WWE, unfortunately, because you're going to look at that, even though it was a crazy old man that called him out on Stone Cold's podcast for not grabbing the brass ring when technically he did grab for it. And then it was like... uh, the King of the Ring match with uh, Austin versus the McMahons when he grabbed for the briefcase and it just they snatched Raised it from him. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't know. I feel like in AEW it, it's a fit for him to go to the Blackpool Combat Club but now it made him lost in the shuffle immediately and I just it would be better if him and Brian Danielson were just a tag team. Yeah. Going for the tag team titles. I would be perfectly fine with that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route they go from here on out because we don't know what's going to be of the Blackpool Combat Club going forward. I could – Daniel Bryan – or Brian Danielson, damn it, uh, technically brought Claudio Castagnoli in storyline-wise. So if they stuck together, like, I'd be fine with that. Um, but like I said, this match, even though, like, I don't know, you knew the outcome of the match. But, like, me not knowing the outcome of the match, I felt like any four of these guys were going to win it. There were times when it felt like Claudio might win it. There's times it felt like when Danielson might win it. It it was my match of the night. I liked this match the most. I had the most fun with it. Crowd was on fire for this match. And then they had the next match, which was Soraya versus Britt Baker. And everyone was giving Soraya the welcome back chance. Everyone was hot at the beginning. But then I feel like they they were burnt out after that last match. And this match was kind of quiet, crowd-wise. I don't know. It was a fine match. Uh, Soraya, a little rusty. But, I mean, it's been five years since she's been in the ring. Wow. Like, I don't have any problem with her wrestling again. I really don't. And I'm, I'm happy that she gets to live out her dream again. I just, like I said, first opponent being Britt Baker, it it knocks down Britt Baker a peg. And like the, at least the way I look at the women's division, you basically came in here and you put Soraya above everybody else besides, I mean, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, but she hasn't had any interactions with them yet. You know, like, I don't know. It, Feels like she should be the number one contender now because she beat Britt Baker because Britt Baker seems like she's the one on the top. 
You know what I mean? Always like, on the top, yeah. So who's left to beat? Like, it almost feels like they should have, like, built it up to, like, eventually she gets to Britt Baker. I just feel like they did this way too soon. Yeah. Now, where do they go for either of these? I mean, we already talked about Soraya winning the TNT title. Well, what do they do with Britt Baker now? Uh, like, is she going to feud with Jamie Hayter? Probably. Like, do we really want to see that, though? Like... Uh, I don't either, because I feel like it's the same thing they just did with Soraya. Like, everybody's behind Jamie Hayter. Like, wouldn't it have been better if maybe Jamie Hayter beat Britt Baker for the title? Or something like that? Or do something? I don't know. It was so weird that I... And that's going on to the... I don't know if it's the next match, but we'll talk, I'm sure you'll talk about it's, it. It's, uh, it's three matches away. <laughs> Whatever. I just can't believe that... you. Everyone's so behind... Why... Everyone was still behind Tony Storm. Like, it felt like a weird choice to have it be now. Like, Tony Storm should have lost the belt to Britt Baker. Or some other, like, I just don't think Jamie Are you Hayter... saying weird choice for Jamie Hayter to win now? Yeah. Uh, we can skip ahead and talk about that match. Because, like, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the show. That they actually pulled the trigger on Jamie Hayter because... I like the fact that she, in the last like couple months since uh, All Out, she has naturally gotten over with the crowd. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of times in wrestling, they punish you for that. Even oh, in there AEW, was one I've seen who it. Punished you for that. <laughs> no, I've seen it in AEW too, and like some like FTR, they got over. Like as baby faces, and that has been like their downfall to the second half of this year. Like they did this all on their own, pretty much, you know. Um, but yeah, so I feel like rewarding her. Like Tony Storm had this like black mark above her name or whatever, like just because of. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa fucked her over big time. Oh, yeah. She was supposed to beat Thunder Rosa for the championship. And then Thunder Rosa has an injury or like there's reports that she has an injury. She has reports that she's faking it. I don't know what's going on. I heard but, she lost her like, smile. Yeah, I've heard that too. But like it doesn't matter. If she could have had a match and give even Tony Storm the title, or Tony Khan can grow some fucking balls and strip her of the fucking belt like any other like wrestling company would do. The interim championship works if you know your champion's gonna be out for like a month or something like that. If she's gonna be out, like they're saying, like she's gonna be out for like another three months, like at least they don't know they don't have a timetable for it. Strip her of the title because now is Tony Storm technically ever a women champion in AEW because the interim tag is Jamie Hayter. I know that he said after the uh, press conference, after the show, that Jamie Hayter has be recognized as women's champion, but like, how? Like, interim isn't technically, you know, it's not a I don't thing. Know. I just, but I mean, good on them for pulling the trigger in that moment. Like, I feel bad for Tony Storm, but, and I don't blame this on her at all. It is all Thunder Rosa. I thought that was a really bad feud to begin with. Then we never got a conclusion to it. When Tony Storm was hot, too. And I can go all the way back to Forbidden Door and Thunder Rosa just completely dog walking Tony Storm there 
was still one of the worst decisions I'd ever seen. It made no logical sense at all. Tony Storm was way more over than Thunder Rosa was, and she just dog walked her. It was a 45 second match, and it was over. I feel like the finish to the, or like just the like last five minutes of the Jamie Hader Tony Storm match, like they kept on making you think Jamie Hader was gonna win and Tony Storm would kick out the last second or rope break or like they would do things where they had Rebel come out and help her cheat. Uh, Britt Baker came out and helped her cheat and eventually got the um, turnbuckle pad off and Tony Storm ran into it and Hater hits Haterade and I think that's her finishing name. I think it is serious and it's the best thing. Um, Drink your Haterade. And then uh, she won. But there was like three or four times where you like, you thought this was the end of the match. And like every time that Storm would kick out, you're like, damn it. That means that Tony Storm's going to win. Because I was all for having Jimmy Hater win. And I wouldn't have been mad if Tony Storm were reti- or re- uh, retained. I like Tony Storm. But like every time like Storm kicked out, you're just like, man, they're not going to do it. And then when she finally like won, it's just like, good. I'm glad that they did it. Like it is a feel good moment because Jamie Hader didn't feel like she was at the top of the card in the women's division, but that's not a bad thing because I think that's a good way of creating stars. That you want to go back to talking about Soraya, she debuted and WWE won the Divas Championship on her first night, and it made her an instant star. Like this is a way to make stars. So I, I like it. I like it a lot. I have no problem with this match at all. I think it was. There was a story behind it. I think it might have been a little overbooked with all the run-ins and stuff like that. But other than that, I am very satisfied with this match. Well, fair. I but, guess I'll uh, leave my words. Moving back to a couple matches ago, this. Mm, the, on paper, this match, Big Hoss fight, looks good. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT Championship. But adding Joe at the last minute was just... I mean, I can't say there was no story behind it. They had War Joe, and it just the way that it happened on Dynamite last week, how Wardlow said that he's going to win every title in AEW. Well, uh, the, the, why did Small Joe attack him? He has the Ring of Honor championship. Like, I just, I don't, I, it doesn't make any sense. And then to have Samoa Joe win the match, like, like, Powerhouse Hobbs should have won this match. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're taking the belt off of Wardlow, like the fact Which they should have, because they ruined Wardlow by putting the belt on him. That belt is a curse. Yeah. You hold that belt, you're cursed. And now Samoa Joe's got it, which means that he's going to retire again, doesn't it? Oh, He's also connected to Ring of Honor, so that's not good. (laughs) Like, I just... I don't... What? If... Why is this belt on uh, pay-per-view? Seriously. Why are you doing this? It's it's been a bad call ever since Cody Rhodes has held that belt. The only person that this belt did anything for was Cody Rhodes. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like, I don't know. Everybody that's held this belt, it has hurt them by holding this belt. It's made them worse. Like, you don't even see uh, Scorpio Sky anymore. He just disappeared off the face of the planet. And he took Dan Lambert with him. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on with that. And, like, yeah, I just, yeah. 
I mean, they ruined Wardlow. Like, remember how hot he was right before he won this belt? They won the belt, and now it's like, oh, you know, oh, I get it. He's Goldberg now. I get it. Like, why did they start doing the feeding in the Wardlow chance? Like, my goodness. I I thought I'm gonna be honest. WCW, stop trying to be WCW. WCW didn't work. There was a reason it didn't work. Like, and you're doing everything the same. The Powerbomb Symphony, the minute that started, is the minute I got over it. That That is such a WCW thing, that Powerbomb Symphony. That's that's like Kevin Nash at his worst, when he was just jackknifing people. Like, it's not cool. Like, I never thought it was, like, a good... Why, is, why did you think that was going to work long-term? Like, yeah, it was fun for a minute. Like, the crowd could channel along. But then by the time there was like, oh, what's he going to do? 20 power bombs? No, that's not going to happen. The There's no escalation. Way, the only way that's any good is like the way Brock Lesnar used to do it, where he powerbomb you, not let go, pick you up, powerbomb you, pick you up, powerbomb yeah. you. Like, then, that the powerbomb symphony, that's cool. But like, yeah, you like, oh, I'm going to rest and I'm going to pull down my straps. You want another powerbomb? It's a powerbomb, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, everybody kicks out of a power bomb, and yours looks really weak. I'm sorry, but for as strong as you are, and I don't mean to make a comparison to uh, Ryback because he's not Ryback. He's way better than Ryback. It's but just it's a bit your like finishing Ryback. move looks really weak, bro. Like you know, <laughs> it should be the Batista bomb. I I don't care. A sit out power bomb always looks better. It no matter what, like it's it's just science. I don't know why, but it's or science. Even, or even the last ride. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's like, strong enough. Looks, Lift him yeah. up higher. But then speaking of WCW, we this is the most WCW match on the card, which we didn't even need to have. This is a dynamite match through and through. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Why? I don't know. Why are you getting Darby Allen mixed in all of this crap? Like, I just... Yes, yeah, Sting's awesome. Like, that's my only positive thing about this match, is Sting is still awesome. Like, I feel like this hurts Darby Allen being involved in this mess. I feel like this hurts Jay Lethal being involved in this mess. Jeff Jarrett should not be an on-screen character. Jeff Jarrett has never been... One of my favorites, and I respect the guy. And I will say that he has done good things for this business, but he's also done really bad things for this business. I don't have a problem with him being a backstage person. You know what I mean? He's not doesn't have any control, but I do believe that him his input is valuable because he's been around for so long and he's had some ups and downs. And I believe that. He does have a good wrestling mind when he's not booking himself. <laughs> I don't know. This felt like kind of like Jeff Jarrett was definitely the producer in this match or something like that. I don't know. It just good for Sting. This match just once again reeks of once again. I love the four pay-per-view a year model. I really do. But this just reeks of getting people on the card so they can get paid. Like that's and Tony Khan. You have enough fucking money that if you want to pay these people, just pay them. Like, you, just take the pay-per-view money for yourself and pay them up front. Like, this should not be on the card. This is, ugh, this is the kind of things that are on these pay-per-view cards that makes me angry about AEW. Like, I want AEW to be so great 
They have so much great potential here. And they're more and more making me feel like I am once again a kid yelling at TNT because WCW is tearing my heart out. At least thankfully, when starting with this match, they replaced JR on commentary with Tony Schiavone. So at least it wasn't as cringeworthy going forward. Like, it was... JR was bad. And, like, he just gets worse and worse. And you don't think it's possible, but he's just... Yeah. He's here to prove um, you wrong on that account. I mean, Taz was acting really weird uh, for the whole show, too. And I swear to God, if he's... Like, I think he's joining... Um, damn it. You're ruining my joke because I can't remember names. Uh, Nation of Domination. Because he said at least 10 times on commentary, by any means, uh, by any means necessary... And he kept on repeating that phrase. But oh. you gotta win. He wants to win this match by any means necessary. It's like, dude, you've said this like a million and two times. Just it's enough. And like he was being so mean to Ian Riccoboni for no reason during the Fatal Four Way match. <laughs> just, That's everyone got to hate on Ian Riccoboni. He's the best. But uh, yeah, good for Sting. Uh, we already talked about Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm and. Next match is the acclaimed defeating Swerve in our glory. And this match had mixed emotions about coming into the card because it is the third time. Um, just don't know why. Like, I mean, you don't need automatic rematches, and they didn't get an automatic rematch. They technically beat FTR, which, yay, beating yeah. FTR again. Um, and... I knew this match would be good because their first two matches were really good. Um, I still feel like their first match when the Swerve in Our Glory won was their best. But this one was probably their second best. Um, with uh, Anthony Bowens like being injured, and I think his injury is legit. But uh, him like, fighting through this match, and the whole time, uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee not on the same page with the heel and the face and everything going on and then at the end when uh swerve wanted keith lee to cheat and he told him he wasn't about that and swerve slapped him in the face and then he just like nope he's like i'm out of here he just takes off his elbow pads and he just leaves and then uh i think that's probably one, the scariest which, that would be the scariest situation ever like keith lee is a monster of a man and like, I know pro wrestling's fake, don't get me wrong, folks, everything like that. But to have the balls to actually, like, slap a man like that and then him not to even do anything and just walk away from you would be one of the most terrifying concepts ever because it's like, oh, fuck. I done fucked so, up, son. I, if I could go back to before the pay-per-view and, like, talk to myself uh, about a reason, like, I brought up before we started talking, like, why should I watch this pay-per-view? Give me reasons to watch this pay-per-view. I would like be like, dude, you're gonna really enjoy this match. Like you've enjoyed the other matches, and this match is gonna live up to your expectations. These two tag teams are very good against each other, and it puts it it ties a nice little bow on the feud. It ties a nice little bow on Swerve and Our Glory, and now we can start having the feud between Swerve and Keith Lee that at first when they put them as a tag team, I thought they were just gonna do it right away. 
I'm kind of happy that they've stretched it out. I'm kind of happy that they even had a tag team title run in between too, because then it it makes it even more of a heated that feud. stakes. Yeah, like yeah, it's we a lot like together. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in a way, like they're but connected I like to each other. A lot more than I like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. No offense to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, but I just love me some Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Can't argue with that statement. Uh, I'm excited to see where this feud goes. Me too. And I'm totally assuming, I mean, this is just me assuming, no fact behind it, but FTR has to be next for the acclaimed, right? They have to be. Like, At this point, there's no one left. That's what I'm saying. Like, and we already I mean, know the gotta leader in their, a seven-time series or in gotta, a seven-match. They got to beat the Ass Boys. FTR has to beat the Ass Boys. At I think they're wrestling them at Final Battle, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, because uh, Ring of Honor really has a banging roster right now. I tell you what, um, just do FTR versus the Briscoes for the third time. Those are my two favorite matches of this year. Yeah. They're one and two, like literally. Uh, their second match is the best tag team match I've ever seen in my life. But uh, I will say, go search out the FTR versus Aussie Open from Royal Quest. That match is. I mean, anything with FTR in it, especially say, you could probably put face all run. of FTR's like catalog from this year on a top ten list, and I don't think anyone I... would fight you. Sidebar. Sidebar. I just rewatched uh, NXT the end. Uh of the beginning that's what it says at the end but <laughs> um and on that card oh i was takeover sorry i forgot to put that in on that card it was uh ftr versus american alpha right after american alpha won the tag titles from ftr yeah. ftr won it back at that like pay-per-view and i remember i was watching that match and i'm like damn i miss american alpha like chad gable and jason jordan we're so good together, and the ready, willing, and Gable. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. And that that buildup was one of the greatest buildups ever. The Jason Jordan trying to find a tag partner, and just Chad Gable constantly harassing him. He's like, no, no. Anyways, moving on to the main event of the evening, and. This match didn't really go the way I wanted it to go. No. I thought well, what they did in ring was exactly the way the match should have went. I just feel the finish. And I know a lot of fans are speculating that this was how it was going to end. And there's a lot of people upset about it because it's too predictable. But at the same time, if everyone's predicting it, how can you be mad about it? Because this is obviously what you want. If you're predicting it, I don't know. It's wrestling fans are so weird sometimes. We are um, I was not in the camp of wanting William Regal to join MJF. I was in the camp of like riding this MJF babyface run. I feel like this could have been a period of wrestling where we will would look back fondly on an FJ, MJF babyface run like and I'm not saying that he has to be your typical babyface he's still gonna be mjf and like i was talking to brett from brain buster boys yesterday about it and he says in the fans eyes mjf is a babyface but it's not the same it's he's still a heel i feel like it's 
They're falling back on their laurels. They're not trying to take a risk. They feel like they know that MJF as a heel is very successful, but I feel like taking this risk could be so much more worth the reward. Like, he could be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, legitimately a heel as a babyface. Just, I don't know. I feel like I called the brass knucks. I knew that that was Chekhov's gun. I knew the whole time. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the diamond ring. It's like, you're idiots. You're so idiots. When was the last time William Regal has used the brass knucks? It's been like a decade. And they brought he brought him out. Yep. So I knew the brass knucks were going to be used in the match. But I really wanted him to give him to Moxley or him hit MJF himself. And then Moxley turn heel and the Blackpool Combat Club turn heel. And then you have Moxley fighting towards uh, Revolution. And like him finally, or I mean, MJF fighting towards Revolution as this babyface underdog, like with a reason to come from Moxley's head and then win the title there. And it would be so much better. And then, no, we're going to do it the other way. Which I'm not saying this is going to be bad. It's MJF, it's William Regal. And it does bring up a lot of questions like, what about the Blackpool Combat Club? Like, what about a lot of things? I don't know. I just, I like the MJF's world champion. I just feel like this was lazy booking because it was what people wanted and they were afraid after All Out and everything that happened and this last three months of booking wrestling without having stars. I feel like they're trying to play it safe and I feel like with the climate of wrestling right now and the way WWE is going and also taking some of your stars and rumored to take some of your stars and all this stuff I feel like you had a an opportunity to like shake things up a little bit and maybe, maybe, I don't know, just make it look a little different because lately it's been looking very, very autopilot. And this match totally supports that. This was autopilot. You've fallen back on your laurels. Just it. Joe just very upsetting to me. Cause I went, I actually went through this whole pay-per-view and I watched it two days after it aired, not knowing a single finish. I didn't want to know the finish because I knew if I knew that's how it finished, I wouldn't watch the pay-per-view. It's fair. And I knew it was gonna finish that way. I knew it. But I had hate. And yeah. It does oh. feel like AEW, one of the things that they said right away, we're, we're going to listen to our fans. We're going to push the people that, you know, that the fans want to be pushed. And they have done it in some ways, you know, the Acclaimed actually are champions right now. And I feel like that was fully a fan thing. There was no way the Acclaimed were on the radar to be anything before they suddenly got the scissor me daddy ass thing over, which is just mind boggling. But... MJF has so naturally turned into the Stone Cold Steve Austin he or babyface type role, and not anti-hero. Yeah, anti-hero, and not the Attitude Era anti-hero. No, the kind of 2022 anti-hero. Like he is everything that most people probably want to say, but we live in a world that you can't say things, but MJF can. So he's just people gravitated towards him. And the fact that you had to put him now with William Regal feels really cheap. And I 
I also don't get it. I don't I don't want to see MJF and William Regal together, honestly. I I love both of them. I love them both separately. I love them in contention with each other. I don't need a 15 to 20 minute promo spot now every week between the two of them. Because you know they're not going to wrestle. Like MJF's going to be the classic heel champion. And I don't think he's going to put the belt on the line against anyone. And William Regal's going to help him not do that. So it's going to be just a lot of their promos together. And I think William Regal is better suited to help someone else out who actually needs a talking piece. Like, he would be great Wheeler with Cesaro. Yuta. <laughs> Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler, yeah, Wheeler Yuta. Like, you already had the pieces in place. Why put him with MJF? I just, I don't get it. I don't, and I don't really like it. It's it's like a sour taste in my mouth that, like, I know it's probably not going to be that bad, but it's one of those things where it's just like, but why? And I feel like we are in the minority when it comes to that thought. Like, some of the things I've seen online, people were excited about that finish and excited that MJF is still healed. And it's just like... Yeah, MJF is cool, and I don't like MJF any less. It just, me personally, and I know I'm just one man, and I'm just have one opinion, I just feel like it would have been better if it would have been more, I don't know, it would have been what they were trying to do with Cody Rhodes. But, like, it would have worked. You know, like, MJF was over. MJF was not going to lose the fans as a babyface. Like, those promos that he was cutting as a babyface are some of the best wrestling promos I've ever seen in my life. That's great heel promos, too, but those babyface promos were amazing. So, I just, I don't know. And then begs the question, where do we go from here? Who is MJF's first opponent? Is it going to be Hangman Page? Like, I don't want to see that. Who legitimately deserves to face MJF? I don't think Brian Danielson or, like, Claudio Castagnoli do. I mean, Chris Jericho is Ring of Honor champion. You have the elite fighting in this best of seven. Like, do you do Jungle Boy? (laughs) Seriously, who do you, like, are we going to debut somebody? Is there somebody I'm forgetting about? I swear to God, if they just put Wardlow against MJF because of all the shit that went down earlier this year... I'm going to be very pissed. I'm going to be very, very pissed. Once um, again, I don't know how you did. The writing's on the wall. That's why Wardlow lost the TNT Championship. The, the writing's right there. And it's all... See, the, the next four months are going to be about MJF and William Regal ducking Wardlow. That's that's what it's going to be. So I... I'm like, 2014, like, all the way through, like, most of the part through 2019... I religiously watched Raw and SmackDown, all the pay-per-views, NXT, and it got to this point where I was watching every week, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, could I be doing something better with my time? Is this something that I want to be doing right now because like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing? This is going against everything that I want, and right now... There is an alternative out there that is actually more suited to my interests. And that would be Ron Smackdown, which is very ironic. (laughs) But um, 
I'm not giving up on AEW just yet. I feel like this is a very good spot to like start fresh. I do. Yeah, new women's champion, new world champion. CM Punk stuff's behind you. We, we knew that Moxley was always just the transitional champion. I still think that he could help it a lot longer just for the fact that MJF like finally having to overcome or overcome everything, you know, but I don't know. It's just I don't know where we go next. Like I don't know who MJF fights. I don't know who Jamie Hayter fights. Just maybe that's a good thing, though. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe this is the best way to get a fresh start. Actually, I do know who uh, uh, MJF is going to fight next. It's either going to be Ethan Page or Ricky Starks because they're in the AEW World Championship Eliminator tournament uh, that uh, ends tonight on Dynamite. And really, why should I care about either of those guys fighting for a title? You had Ricky Starks who got attacked by his tag team partner, which you had a story there, which you never completed. You didn't do anything with. And then you kind of just took Ricky Starks, this guy that was naturally over his baby face, onto dark. <laughs> it's like, okay. Then you had Ethan Page that was getting some good heel heat with Dan Lambert and being in uh, Men of the Year. And then you break him up, put him in the firm, who is like the worst faction yeah. in all of wrestling right now. Uh, why do either of these guys and then like the whole like tournament was Eddie Kingston, Ethan Page, Bandito, Roosh Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage Dante Martin which one of those guys screams out I'm going to win the AEW championship that's, do you think that's... maybe it would have been a good idea to just like scrap this Eliminator tournament like, I know you do it every year at this time, but maybe just be like, we're going to move it to March when we got some more healthy people and some more yeah. stars. And maybe awesome. Adam Cole will be back by then, hopefully, or something. Or Kyle O'Reilly. Um, like, I understand. They're hurt. But, like, I mean, honestly, Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. Hey, I love me some all-ego Ethan Page. Don't get me well, wrong. But no, neither no, no, of these no, no, guys sorry. deserve a world title match at all. I love both of those guys. Yeah. But, like, when we're talking about story, they don't. They really don't. Like, nobody really does. No. They put all their eggs in one basket for everything they're doing right now. And now it's like, I mean, they have to start fresh. So, I guess we'll see. I mean, I feel like tonight on Dynamite is going to be the start of a new era. It has to be. So, prove me wrong. I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to start like doing good wrestling TV again. And hopefully tonight's the start of that. Hey, I always want more good pro wrestling and I want AEW to thrive. So just it's once again, it's because I'm, you know, 35 years old at this point and I watched the death of WCW and that's that's the writing I see on the wall. That's why I'm complaining here. I'm not complaining because I want to see AEW like fall. I'm complaining because I see some bad telltale signs of the TV that I watched as a kid happening again. And those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So fucking listen and stop being WCW. I brought up some legit concerns in a Facebook group about AEW. And all anybody wanted to call me was WWE Mark and all this stuff. Go watch the other product. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I watch both of them. Like... 
I'm a fan of wrestling and like I'm sick of being called stupid because I have an opinion. It's not stupid to get upset and be critical about something you love. That's called passion. You know, like for everyone that's calling me stupid, I'm not calling you stupid back because I believe you have the same or similar passion for wrestling. You're just targeting your energies in different areas than I am. Like, and that's what I don't understand. Like being critical is not a bad thing. No. It means you want a, I, I want AEW to be the best it can possibly be. So me being critical is actually a really good thing because there were many months where I had very few critiques because AEW was doing a great job. So this like isn't this. a bad thing. This isn't a bad thing. I'm not upset that AEW, in my opinion, is kind of like on a downward spiral. And that's probably a harsh term because I wouldn't say they're like they're going to die. Not circling the drain. But like at the same time, like there is issues and I hope they can iron them out. Like I really, really, really do because WWE is coming for them. Whether they like it or not, whether they even know it or not, WWE is coming for them. And like maybe Triple H is pissed. Triple H, as much as we all call him Papa Trips and he wants pro wrestling to succeed. He also, I guarantee, has a very big hatred of AEW for killing his baby. AEW cost him his job. Yeah. I don't know what anyone says. He was still employed, but they took away his role in NXT because of AEW. Oh, yeah. That wasn't even fair. They took a, a show that was on a streaming service that you had to pay for to watch every week and put it on TV against a show that was gonna have way more higher ratings to begin with because it was new and it was different and nobody knew what nxt was like it just that wasn't fair at all and now he's reaping in the benefits with uh booking a pretty good main roster so far i'm excited about uh survivor series is coming sunday so maybe we should talk about that what a segue diesel we are killing them today yeah, this one shouldn't last as long because there's only five matches on this card, which I like because, I mean, I guess I should wrap up my final thought on Full Gear. I liked the show. <laughs> you might not think that I did with everything I said. I came out of the show feeling better about it than I did going into it, but I do have these critiques, and I do think that for an AEW pay-per-view, it wasn't their worst one. It wasn't their best one, but it was definitely... Middle of the road. I could probably name like two that was worse than this one. So I liked the show. I'm just saying that. But it, and they kept it to only four hours, the main card, which is still a little long, but I'm not even going to complain about it. It's better than it was last month or last year when it was five. So but this card should be a nice three, maybe three and a half hours. Uh, and get in. We're going to get out. I think there's they have five matches listed on uh, Wikipedia. And I'm sure that. They're not going to add any more because okay, both be the of the War Games matches. matches are guaranteed to be an hour. Oh, yeah. But uh, let's get into it. I'm not going to go by the order of what they have it on here because it's not going to be the order. I'm going to guess what the order is. Right. I'm going to say they're starting with uh, the women's War Games match. So I feel like they need to start and end with a War Games match. And I'm excited Wait, about this pay-per-view with all the reports of them saying that they want to do some big things because they don't have any main roster footage. 
that makes me very excited for these matches. I know. Because I've seen some crazy WWE War Games matches. Um, the only thing that's missing from this match is the Undisputed Era. Yeah, that's Cole, <laughs> baby. That's that's the yeah. I just I need his reactions. I need like them to do something crazy and then the Adam Cole like face. So uh, the women's war game match is Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, or Meacham, whatever she's going by right now, and to be determined, which we'll find out on SmackDown. Which is, and then they're facing Damage Control, which is Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nick Cross, and Rhea, Rhea Ripley are also uh, on their team. Um, first of all, who do you think is their the final partner for the Babyface team? Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. Uh, I haven't even seen any reports about this. Uh, is it oh, Sasha Banks? I can would you say Sasha Banks? Yeah. See, that's who I think it should be. Uh, see, they're doing a really good job with this surprise because I feel like they're throwing out some red herrings. Like, there's been, like, rumors that it's going to be Dana Brooke. And it would make sense because Dana Brooke has had her stuff with uh, Damage Control and Nikki Cross. And then there's also rumors that it could be Becky Lynch. Which also makes sense because of how SummerSlam went down and how Damage Control debuted after uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Also, uh, Candice LeRae, which also makes sense because she's been doing stuff with Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. And then finally, Sasha Banks, which is the one I think everybody wants the most. Yeah, It makes a lot of sense because War Games is in Boston. I don't know where SmackDown is on Friday, though. That's the only thing. Like, if they were going to hold off until War Games, it's 100% would have been Bianca, or not Bianca, Blair, sorry, Sasha Banks. But since they're going to do it on SmackDown, I'm guessing it's going to be Becky Lynch. Yeah, that's that's probably a better guess, especially since it is on SmackDown, but I really want it to be Sasha Banks. I think everybody really wants it to be Sasha Banks. Um, but unfortunately I don't know what Sasha Banks is going to do. Like every time there's like uh news about Sasha Banks, I'm always like interested. Like, is she leaving like cryptic hints? Like she know she just recently, um, copy wrote some, um, terms and names and stuff like, like seven that. different things. Right. She copy wrote yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Um, there's just a lot of interesting things going on with Sasha Banks. There's that rumor that she was going to face um, Kyrie Sane for uh, the women's title in stardom in New Japan. You know, um, who knows? Like, it would be cool as hell. It would be cool as hell. And I just I don't think, since it's on SmackDown, I don't think it's going to be her. But if it was her, I'd be very happy. Um, I think this match is going to be badass. I I don't know who's going to win. I got the faces winning this match. I don't. I'm going to go with the heels because I think Alexa Bliss is going to have something creepy happen or something. Something's going to happen and... She's going to get taken out. Yeah, I think that... Um, it's going to be a good battle between Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley because of the OC and uh, uh, what's it? 
Yeah, Judgment Day stuff. I mean, this match is going to be really, really good. Um, a few of these women have already competed in uh, War Games Jack, match. See what Rhea does in this War Games match, man. Last time she was on fire, so now she's a oh, bad man, guy. War too. Games 2019. Oh, that was uh, that was a great war. I think that's the one that uh, High Five Tom was at, I believe. I think that's correct. Uh, that's the one where Kota Kai turned heel on Tegan Knox. Then it was just Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley by yeah. themselves, four on two. That was a good fucking match. I should go back and watch that match. That was a good War Games match. That's what I'm saying. Um, Jack, see what Rhea does. She, I don't know. I feel like heels. I'm gonna take. I feel like it's gonna match. be it's gonna be the heels in this match. I just I feel like something with Alexa Bliss is gonna happen because she's been too lame lately. Like, no offense to her, but like, I think it's like the point yeah. of her character because she's definitely changing. I feel like something's gonna happen, um, and Bray Wyatt has to be involved in uh, Survivor Series somehow, some Stop. way. And I don't know. Like, sidebar: since we're talking about Bray Wyatt, did you see what happened on SmackDown uh, with Bray Wyatt? Know. Okay, so two weeks ago, uh, um, LA Knight was being interviewed backstage, and Bray Wyatt walked up to him, and like basically LA Knight was talking trash to him, and Bray Wyatt took him out. So then uh, this past week on SmackDown, Bray Wyatt came down to the ring and cut a promo on how like he wished that he wouldn't have done that, and that's not who he wants to be and like you let his like anger get the best of him and all this stuff and he wanted to apologize to LA Knight and so LA Knight came out down to the ring and like walked slowly down to the ring and did his shtick I love LA Knight by the way um and gets in the ring and Bray Wyatt extended his hand as an apology and looked like uh, LA Knight was gonna shake it he slapped him across the face yeah, and so then Bray Wyatt was like, obviously upset about it, and he goes, "Okay," he's like, "We're even now." He's like, "I got you, you got me," and he's like, "Are we good?" And so then LA Knight like basically said, "Yeah, we're even," and he went back for the handshake, slapped him in the face again. Oh, oh. <laughs> then Bray Wyatt was really mad, and when he was walking up to the and I was walking back up the stage, like backwards, and then like the Uncle Howdy mask was like behind him, like flashing and stuff like that. And it's like, oh shit, you oh, fucked up. You fucked, fucked up, up, son. But uh, yeah, so all this Bray Wyatt stuff, I love. He has to be involved in uh, Survivor Series somehow, and so maybe this is how. Who knows? Uh, I'm guessing the next match is going to be AJ Styles. Versus Finn Balor, which this is going to be a fun match. It was fun the last time they did it. Yep. And it was also at Survivor Series, I That's believe. True. I don't um, think they'll be too sweeting each other at the end of this one, though. No, I doubt it. But OC will be with uh, AJ Styles. Is Mia Yim technically an OC member now? That's my I question. I think so. I saw a graphic and she was like, they. she came out and said the OC, so... Oh, I'm cool with that. I just, you know, sometimes they just throw somebody with you for to, like, complete a feud. But I'm cool with that. Um, and the Judgment Day will obviously be with Finn Balor. Um, I'm going to go with Finn Balor in this match. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like 
Didn't they win at uh, Crown Jewel, though? Yeah, they did. Hmm. I'm going to go with Finn Balor. I think Triple H is going to realize 50-50 booking and try to avoid it this time because they still got to have they got to have the big four on four blow off match and then maybe yeah. they'll see will come out on top. Who knows? Yeah, I once again AJ Styles really probably deserves a pay per view win or a premium live event win, but I just like they can't like Finn Balor's just on such a hot streak right now. Like he is freaking amazing. I just can't. Like, this is what he was supposed to be when he won the universal, the first ever Universal Championship, you know? And now it's coming to fruition. So, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Finn Balor. And his match with uh, Sheamus on Raw, or the, the six-man tag match with yeah. the Brawling Brutes and um, Judgment Day was a pretty good match. I... I don't know. I feel like I like the brand split. I like when they like stick to it, but it does make sense why right now they're kind of like integrating rosters because of Survivor Series. So I'm okay with it. The lines are blurred. Um, it's November. But I really, and the coolest thing about that six man tag was like six months ago, like the Brawling Brutes were just a big joke because they're a bunch of foreign people from the UK that. Like they're old timey, whatever you know. And yeah. Vince McMahon just loved that. And then same with Judgment Day; they were, ended up being treated like a joke. And now they're look at them, spooky. like short of the bloodline, you can't count the bloodline. It's like uh, Deathly Hollows; you can't count that. Uh, the Brawling Brutes are probably like the best thing on SmackDown right now. Yeah, it's not a. I would agree with that. And just when we can stop calling him Butch and just go back calling him Pete Dunn or just Dunn even. I don't even need Pete. See, at this point, I don't even care anymore because he isn't Pete it, yeah. Dunn. He's not Pete Dunn, though. You know what I mean? Like, his character is different. He does Pete Dunn things, but he's not Pete Dunn. Nah. Like, I don't know. I don't hate it. I mean, maybe down the line they will when he's not, when the Brawling Brutes eventually aren't together. But I've been saying that uh, New Day have going to be been breaking up for years, and that's that's never going to happen. That's never and it shouldn't. Happen. Now, now I never. say it should never happen. Years never. ago, there was a time where it should have happened, but at this point, never, never. That did. time has passed, and the New Day yep. should be a trio forever and ever and yes. ever and ever. Them. I'm going to go with the next match is going to be for the SmackDown Women's Championship, which I just. I, Okay, this match is just the one where it's like they just kind of like threw it in there. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. And I've never really been too big of a fan of Shotzi. It just, she's never really done it for me. Like, I don't even think her tank is that cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't hate her. But like, I know that she's going to lose. <laughs> like, that makes me less excited for this match. Um, I am still very excited that Ronda Rousey is part of the WWE and she's back and all that jazz. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going Ronda, obviously. Yeah, I, Ronda Rousey is a badass. I do as much shit as Ronda Rousey gets from wrestling fans at times. I don't think it's really deserved. She's really good in the friggin' ring and she really just loves pro wrestling and I don't, Sometimes, yeah, we're just weird people as pro wrestling fans. And see, that's the thing. Like, yeah, she's not very good on the mic, but she makes him feel real. 
Like even her promos, she feels like she's the realest person on that show because yeah. she is a person. She's not just a wrestler and she's not like made. I mean, she was made to do this, but not like the people that came up through NXT and were trained to be these professional wrestlers yeah. and how to talk and like, it's what, that's something I like about Ronda Rousey. She feels real. She and is the baddest bitch on that, the planet. And I think Shayna Baszler kind of has that feel as well. And I'm very excited because they're definitely building towards Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. And that is something that I'm going to love. Yep. I'm, I'm very love. much looking forward to that. But yeah, I don't dislike Shotzi either. I think she was better on the independence, honestly. And she's just kind of there now. I think she can do some fun stuff. But yeah, Ronda Rousey's going to win this match. And then, like, I mean, for a non-War Games match, this next match is going to be the match of the night. And it's Seth freaking Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. The great thing about this card is I don't know who's winning any of these matches besides the Women's Championship match. Like, I like Austin Theory's new, like, serious gimmick i like like people were like overreacting when they dropped the briefcase but they needed to do that he wasn't winning the championship he wasn't winning any championship he wasn't going to be braun breaker roman reigns the best option he had was to cash in on seth Rollins. it was a stupid time to do it since there was two open challenges that night for the title but anyways still like he's changed he's not the selfie taking he's more serious yeah. and i like I it Bobby Lashley. Like he was watching the tv in the back and he got all pissed off i, I was excited Bobby Lashley is a badass austin theory has his legitimate gripes with bobby lashley and bobby lashley rightfully so can just like shrug it off because it's austin theory like talking to him and then seth freaking rollins is just sitting there like watching all this happen and i mean he's retaining he's retaining because just because yeah. like i don't he, know why he's the architect like i feel like it would be silly to put austin theory put the ball on austin theory right now because he just cashed in his money in the bank and i mean i know sometimes they reward you for like doing stuff like that but then why not just put the why does like, not give him the belt when he cashed? Well, then I mean, I guess I guess you couldn't have this character development if he would have won it in the cash in. I don't know. I just feel like Seth Rollins right now should be chased. Like, and I feel with it being a triple threat, some way somehow Bobby Lashley is gonna like hit the Dominator on Austin Theory, and Seth Rollins is gonna come in and hit him with the curb stop and pin yep. Theory. And then something like that. It's going to be an awesome match. I'm looking forward to it. But who you got? I love everything that Seth freaking Rollins has been doing. Like, he is just so good. I love me some Seth Rollins. And, yeah, I got Seth Rollins retaining here for sure. I, I, I think that both Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley are really good. But I don't think it's the right time to take that U.S. belt off of Rollins. And then, finally, this should be the main event. I would expect it to be because it's been, like, the biggest storyline. The Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline in a War Games match. And, yes, like, there's so many good stories to be told. The 
during this match. Kevin Owens came out on Monday Night Raw to say the reason he was in this match wasn't didn't have anything to do with Sami Zayn. It's because he wants the Roman Reigns and he wants a title shot. And like obviously he's lying a little bit. Like he probably does, but it does have to do with Sami Zayn too. And like he even said like Sami Zayn like has been a brother to him and all this stuff, but like it has nothing to do with him. And then during that six man tag, Kevin Owens was on commentary. And it was just a subtle little line which makes me love Kevin Owens is Corey Graves mentioned like how Sami Zayn has uh been one of his best friends he goes actually if you were listening to me Corey, i said he was like my brother like <laughs> just like taking shots at him yeah. but uh, like i said kevin owens is great on commentary i love that he was the fifth member too it was speculated on and that's who i was hoping for as well and then uh the rumor was that he sprained his mcl in madison a couple weeks ago at a house show and it's like, of course, it would happen in Madison and ruin our Survivor Series plans. But nope, he's going to be in this match as awesome. He's also been in uh, War Games match along with Rich Holland and Butch. Yep. Rich or Butch has been in two. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he has Butch has actually never. Butch has actually never been in one, but Pete Dunne's been in two. Yeah, <laughs> that you know, it's that El Generico, Sami Zayn kind of thing. You know, they're not the same person though. But then on the other side, none of their members in the Bloodline have ever been in. Uh... Wait, was Solo Sokoa in the no, NXT so. 2.01 last year? Oh, maybe he was. Huh. I'm I actually going to look that up. I, I definitely didn't watch that one. I won't lie to you. Because that was the point where I was kind of mad about uh, the whole tie-dye color splash thing. Ah, all in your eyes with that. So, yeah, no, I definitely did not watch the 2.0. And Kevin I Owens. did, I did watch that one. It was actually the match was really good because um, Johnny Gargano and like the the originals or the NXT Black and Gold team was awesome, and I was kind of upset. Nope, he wasn't. It was Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, and Carmelo Hayes. But now going by like a year later. And seeing what those guys are doing in uh, NXT, like, that's actually a really good team. Yeah. Not going to lie. They versus Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Tommaso Ciampa. Wait, does that mean Pete Dunne was in three? Yeah. Wait. Can't be. <laughs> I got to look this up. All right. This Never mind. Right. It's not going to. It's going to take too long to go back. I'm pretty sure he was in two with the against the undisputed era. Uh, I do believe you are. Because he was, because he was, he was uh, um, before Roderick Strong was on undisputed era. Yep. They were on a team together. So Pete Dunne's been in three. Now this will be his fourth. This will be his one. fourth. That's like that's a WWE record. Yeah, the guy's a freaking war games machine. Let me tell they call him a war machine. I mean, like I said, Butch has never been in it before, so never mind. It ties the record. With Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish Fish. and Roderick Strong, because they were in the first three. 
body. Wait. Does that mean Pete Dunn's been in all of the war games? Yes. Uh, That's crazy. That took us a really long time to get to that fact. <laughs> um. Okay, well, anyways. Picks. Anyways, I am going to go with the bloodline. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm going against the bloodline. I'm going with the faces. That's one reason I picked the heels earlier. I'm going with the faces because it's going to be between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. Like, I think... Uh, Jay Uso is going to be like about to get like the bro kick or something like that and Sami Zayn's going to push him out of the way and Jay Uso is going to get like mad at him or something. I don't know. And uh, you're going to get like another bro kick and a stunner or something like that and Sami Zayn gets pinned. But they're going to be the reason they lose this match. Um, and I think that will be better for telling the story going forward and wherever it leads with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Because I know that's the end game. It has to be the end game. Because why wouldn't it be? Um, And if Sami Zayn can get a world title run from all of this too, I would be very, very happy with that. Because it's actually long overdue. And if he was the one to dethrone Roman Reigns, I think, honestly, he'd be the perfect choice. Doesn't mean technically it would still be building a new star. He's never won the big one before. Like, I don't know. I just feel like with the story they're telling, they should lean into it. Maybe Sami Zayn is the guy. I'd be very, very happy with that. And I know Simon Miller agrees with me because I've watched his ups and downs and he wants Sami Zayn more than anything to win the title. It'd be so awesome if Sami Zayn won the title. I just had a really great thought. So what if... So what if the faces win? I'm going to take the bloodline to win, I think, because I took the faces earlier. So I'll take the heels here. I don't care if I'm wrong or not. We're not betting anything on this, so. But what if the faces win by Jay losing? Like, Jay eats the pin, and then, like, they kick him out of the bloodline, and then, like, him and Kevin Owens, like, kind of tag for a while in the way that they just slowly try and destroy the whole bloodline, and that's how you eventually get to Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I mean, this, like, the bloodline story has so many layers going all the way back to like the beginning like in 2020 and it did get still towards the end of Instagram and Triple H has injected like lifeblood into like the bloodline no pun intended and like it's it's so much better I know like Sami Zayn, I think he was, like, tail end of Vince McMahon. That's when Sami Zayn kind of, like, popped up in him. But, like, the way that they just leaned into it and made it a thing. Like, he's an actual member of the bloodline. And the way that everyone trusts him except for Jey Uso, like, and that's the thing. I don't 100% trust Sami Zayn. No one can Sami Zayn trust Sami Zayn. I think that Jay Uso should be trusted because I do think Sami Zayn's a weasel. And I do think this it's all for winning the title, like try to get a title shot or something, which makes it even greater as Sami Zayn is playing this role to perfection. Like Sami Zayn has always been great. Sami Zayn has been great in like everything that they've ever had him do. All the way back from El Generico, like 
his underdog uh, gimmick in NXT to when he finally won the NXT championship and then his feud with Kevin Owens. Like, he's the one who brought Shinsuke Nakamura into the WWE, basically. He had his first match against him. Like, I don't know. Sami Zayn is great, and I think it's long overdue that he is world champion. He should be world champion. If anybody has earned it, he is somebody who has earned it, for sure. He's paid his dues. He He went through a lot of shit after, like, he sat out for COVID. Like, I can't believe that they're, like, they punished him for that. Like, seriously. Like, come on. I can, but... I mean, yeah, but I mean, you can't at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, no. they didn't punish Roman Reigns. What did they do? They 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 gave him what he wanted. They turned him heel. They gave him brand new teeth. <laughs> wow, going there, Diesel. I mean, I still see his teeth, and like, <clears throat> still doesn't look right to me sometimes. You know what I mean? Because I'm still used to. The suffering succotage Roman Reigns. But, like, I don't know. I mean, he looks good with those teeth. Like, they're nice. They're shiny. And, like, when he smiles, like, wow. brightens up the room. And I'll acknowledge that. It's a great smile. <laughs> it's a great smile Roman Reigns has got. He's a handsome man. But I am very excited for Survivor Series War Games. Uh, I am a little bummed there isn't a traditional Survivor Series match on the card. Maybe if they would throw one in the pre-show, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. I might not watch. I might watch. I'm planning on watching a Saturday night. I just don't know if I'm going to be watching it live or not. But, yeah, if they threw a traditional Survivor Series match on the pre-show, I'd be all for it because I actually like an elimination tag match. Even if it's just a three-on-three, I would be fine with it. I agree. I like a good elimin. I like a lot of elimination style matches. I think they're a lot of fun. So I would actually maybe no, I still won't. But I would consider turning on the pre-show if they had one on there. Yeah. Well, that's that's Survivor Series. And I think that's all we have for this week's edition of hashtag TRT. So. Channing! Yeah, he's still here. Even though I went on vacation, I just left him here. I put a bowl of food out for him. He was fine. Yeah, he hit had to that cats. Su- yeah, he fed the cats. Channing! Hit that sound effect. <laughs> Alright, Diesel. As always and forever... That sound effect means it's time for final thoughts. So what you got this week, my dude? Well, obviously, in America, uh, the day of this podcast dropping is Thanksgiving. We drop a podcast every year on Thanksgiving, I just realized. Yes, we do. Um, Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday of the year. Football, food. What else do you want? Like, good food. Like, it's a day where you're expected to just stuff your face and feel uncomfortable, and it's okay. And then you get to take (laughs) a nap. Yeah, and, like, then you get to do it all over again. Because it's not just lunch. It's also dinner. Damn right. Um, So I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Um, Planning on getting our Christmas tree on Black Friday. That's tradition. Um, 
this weekend. No, I'm going out to dinner with my family. Uh, it was my mom's birthday this past Monday, and we were supposed to go out to dinner on last Saturday, but then it was all like snowy and weird, and like so we ended up we did end up going to dinner, but it wasn't like the special dinner that we were gonna do. So we're uh, gonna make up for that on Saturday. So get some prime rib and some shrimp. That's my plan, and then. Other than that, I'm going to be watching some football on Sunday. I'm just relaxing, you know? We got, got tomorrow, I got Thursday and Friday off from work. Four-day weekend. Nice. See what kind of trouble I can get into. Yeah, uh, I, for my, I'm going to Thanksgiving, clearly. We're going to Allison's Grandma's, so it'll be fun for that. This will be Cooper's first Thanksgiving, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we'll also probably stop at my aunt's. Uh, I actually haven't had to work since before I went to Jamaica because of the way my schedule fell and with it being Turkey Day this week, I don't ever work on Thanksgiving and I don't work Black Friday either. And I only got back on Sunday, so I didn't work the day after that. So I have been off for almost two weeks straight. So this weekend, I finally have to go to back to work on Saturday. So that'll be fine. Be nice to, you know, do some work for once in the past two weeks. But then, yeah, this weekend, Survivor Series, the NFL slate of action, because you know I'm going to be watching football on Sunday. Uh, Allison and I plan to get our tree probably on Sunday, because we usually do it the weekend after Thanksgiving. But besides that, yeah, I also just rearing a child is all that I really got going on. And I know it's, I just think it's hilarious that that's the term. And I say it every time because it's hilarious. It just makes me uh, think of knocked up. Did you hear that? You said he's going to rear your child. Oh, it gives me a good chuckle every time. But yes, Diesel, why don't you do some social media stuff so we can get on out of here? That movie is not aged well at all. It's a bad movie. But... If they were making things to age well, they wouldn't be good when they came out. Think about it that way. Hey, that's that's a smart thing. Anyways, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Diesel underscore VFTR. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad's underscore mind or at VFTR2PO. That's assuming that Twitter is still a thing because we don't know what's going to happen with Twitter. Isn't it weird? Sorry. Um, you can also follow, uh, I already did Twitter stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching view from the top rope official. Those will still both be there. That's almost a guarantee at this point for right now, at least, I mean, maybe not in the future. Uh, we're on YouTube view from the top rope on YouTube. Just look up on YouTube. Just look up visionaries, global media. You don't even have to do view from the top rope anymore. That way you can get both of your VFTR 2.0 and your view from top of the goalpost without having to type in long things like that. Well, that would have been helpful to know before I started talking. You know, I but, was thinking uh, about telling you, and then I forgot. Yeah, so do as Chad says. I'll uh, maybe remember to say that next week. But uh, speaking of Visionaries Global Media, you can follow us on Twitter at media. Send your podcast into visionariesglobemedia at gmail.com where you will be heard on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music Podcast. I already say that. I don't know. Uh, Podknife and Potable. 
and of course so so many others just type in visionaries global media or vftr 2.0 or view from the top of the goalpost or Brainbuster boys or any of the other podcasts marking out with high five tom good good bad pro wrestling podcast i don't know now i'm running out of things to say just type it into a search engine you will find cop, us bad cop is that what you were trying to say there we go could not think of those words You'll find Don't forget about banned from ringside. You know, now you're just throwing my game off. Can say another one? Well, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, can't leave anybody out. Oh, like, no. they, see, like, JCB is gonna listen to this episode and like, well, fuck those guys. He didn't even bring a band from ringside. I thought we were friends. I had Diesel on there one time as a co-host. Like, fuck those guys. You can also type in Dungeons and Junkies, Chris Talks Games, Game Junkies. Okay, I'm done now. Just see, I bought you time to think of more. You're welcome. I'm done too. You're the best, Diesel. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, up, comp, vote. I don't know. Whatever it is on the podcasting platform you listen to us on that tells other people that you enjoy this podcast and that they should listen to this podcast, do that so that more people can hear our dulcet tones. And plus, all the other great people who are on Visionaries Global Media who we just to share too. You just shared as well. I thought you were Sharing done. Sharing is important. I thought you were done. Oh, I'm sorry. As for myself, Chad, and as for my interrupting co-host, Diesel, we thank you all so very much for listening to this madness that we call a podcast. It was great to be back. We haven't done this one in a while. Did you feel good, Diesel? I do feel good. I got a lot of stuff off of my chest. Good. That's what matters here, folks. It's been it's been like in there. It's been boiling, so yeah. And I'm Let sure you could all tell. <laughs> but with that, please be kind to each other out there. We're all just humans trying to survive on this blue spinning orb that we call Earth. So don't be a dick, and always remember to climb up high and enjoy VFTR 2.0. This has been. A Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.